I think this is the best uh, recipe. I think everyone can agree that proven track record, it worked in the program. Um, if you carry the ball to class, then you're going to be better on game days. I think this is this is the way to make Kyle Allen ball security a little bit better. Why don't you have a ball with you now? Maybe you need to help and like channel some energy towards him. Is that um, how it works? Maybe? No, like no. if you think if I hold on, if I'm better at holding onto the ball, then on Sunday he'll be better yeah, at holding onto the ball. We should all be in this together. Oh, well, we could we could do that. Okay. Well, three of us could do that. <laughs> three of us. Also with two us as always, two Sorry. out of three, Josh Sorry. Klein. There he is, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is. Loves using on pace numbers to piss people off. Yeah. Um. Oh. No, still our intro song was still playing out of my computer. We're, we run a tight ship here. Um, yeah, uh, I, did you know that Christian McCaffrey not on pace to go for 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards? Fun fact. But the uh, defense is on pace to have the fifth best passing defensive season of all time. Oh. That's not true. I'm of the not, last 25 years. Off. Are you guys pissed off? Oh, do we, yeah. know, do we like on pace stuff? I do. Oh, great. Maybe well, I Kyle should, Allen on pace to throw zero <laughs> interceptions in his career, but on pace to fumble <laughs> th- a lot. However, like I, however yeah. many times he's I don't even have enough fingers and toes to get that high. Yeah, the classic example is the, you know, he's on pace to hit 162 home runs this year. Yeah. That's always the, the example from opening day in baseball. I love like, that joke. That's that. a fun joke. And it has been for decades. <laughs> We've all enjoyed it. Well, on the one-day contract this week, you heard his voice, sports director at WCNC, Nick Carboni, still desperately craving a Whataburger after spending the weekend in Houston. How many did you have there? My good, I only had one, but one missed that. opportunity because the first one I went to was temporarily closed like Wally World was in the movie Vacation. It was Aww. incredibly disappointing. Is there- I was wondering why there was no cars in the parking lot. So, so you celebrate the Whataburger. I liked it. I had never had it. Oh, okay. I was like, okay, I'm going to Texas. This is what happens. And uh, I like. I didn't think it was terrible. I'm, I'm going to put five guys above it, probably in and out above it. But it was service. It was a serviceable. It was the Kyle Allen of uh, fast food burgers. Uh, you mean Kyle Allen, the second quarterback in the history of the NFL to start <laughs> his career three and zero with zero interceptions. Now I'm pissed off. <laughs> You're right. Now I'm pissed off. Well, I had a Georgia water burger one time, and I did not think you got to go to Texas. See, and that's yeah. what I was going yeah. to. I didn't realize that's your you problem to there. Be- in Texas it's for something it. okay. about it. Well, yeah. they they should not brag about the one in Georgia that I went to. <laughs> so I would assume that the Texas ones would be better. Well, that's because uh, Georgia, that's Chick-fil-A's country, mm. correct? It is. It so is. you did it wrong. Got to go chicken. Somebody well, on Twitter got mad at me for s- spelling it out, what a burger, instead of all one word. They were like, lit- spell, it, spell it right. I'm How like, I'm so dare sorry. I'm you? so sorry. Well, maybe you were just like exclaiming like, what yeah. a burger. Yeah. <laughs> put, I had no idea that you couldn't do that. Put, put some respect on that name. <laughs> well, we start the show with Nikki's super important question. So this week, I need to know about your daily coffee intake. Oh, boy. And along with that. Is this therapy? This is therapy. <laughs> this is actually an intervention. I'm glad you all could be here. 
um, your daily intake, but also when you go to like your Starbucks or um, not just coffee to throw in a local person, um, what's your go-to order? All right, so I brought a Yeti full of coffee with me at 4.30 in the afternoon, so you know that I'm on pace for uh, – my on-pace stats are – For a gallon today, yeah, I'm constantly caffeinated. The cardboard at carrier was like, a bit excessive. At least, <laughs> at least until 8 p.m. I'm a Dunkin' Donuts man, just lost my sponsorship at uh, WCNC. We had the sports animation was sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts – for three months, it was the best three months of my entire career. What, but what'd you do to lose that sponsorship? I can't talk now. Right. <laughs> they they signed a three month month contract. Mm. When we signed it, I was like going this to sales. I was like, never "What do you need me to do to make this permanent?" And they were just like, "Just it's it's gonna end soon. Whatever." Uh, large hazelnut iced coffee with skim milk, Dunkin' Donuts. Oh. Yeah, that's that's the that's the go to for me. Don't look this direction. I'm you know I don't have a good answer for I'm this. I'm so excited for what Colin's going to say. Uh, well, I do. I do participate in the um, Monster Coffee line. I'm uh, the 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 Loca Mocha is is my beverage oh, of boy. choice in the morning. It is the only acceptable version of the uh, Monster Coffee drinks. The others are not um, not not worthy. Uh, as far as actual coffee, if I have a coffee, it would be a Cafe Americano because that I can order. Uh, we have talked, Nick, you don't know this. I have severe anxiety when it comes to showing up at establishments and placing an order, not knowing the place. Well, so, it's complicated. It's right. Like a Starbucks, very complicated. Right. So uh, I, I tend to keep it simple and just try and uh, keep it cheap. So I have an Americano. <laughs> How many of these monsters do you have in a week? Great question. Oh, good oh this was a terrible Classic question. Classic reporter question. How um, many? <laughs> Um, in a in a in a full week, probably between seven and fourteen. Oh, oh my God! God. They Shut just the they just put down. the. I, have you guys ever had one? That's of these one things? a day. Holy That's one they a day. just they just put them in our break room at work, and I was like, I just need some caffeine. I went and got one, and I was like lit on fire i mean that stuff but then, that's what coffee does to me. Yeah, yeah but that's God, what that's what coffee does to me i actually had we had an evening meeting i had to do the the or they everyone wanted to do an afternoon coffee i said fine i won't be let, different and i got my little americano and 2 a.m i was <laughs> i could have been painting so it, it's it's interesting because i feel it's the other way for me that just made my heart hurt. Mm. Oh Why? My God. Wait, that's one a day. Is that a problem? Is one a day? They're a called monsters. You're they're monsters. You're supposed to be scared okay. of monsters. Not not in just embrace, two of them per day. The I said one to two. That was two is excessive for sure. Two is. I don't think a doctor recommends two in a day. I, oh there's a lot of things I do that a doctor doesn't recommend, but not twice a day. <laughs> well, maybe not anymore. Yeah. My mom listened to this podcast. Oh everybody. boy! Oh, sorry, <laughs> don't Mrs. Worry. H. We, we will edit all that out. No, we won't. No, we won't. Yeah, I don't edit the podcast. Joshua. Um. First of all, I like Colin. I like a cafe americano. Now, let me tell you what I don't like is when they charge you two dollars and fifty cents for an espresso and then two seventy five for an americano. It's just water. It's just water going on top of the espresso. Why do I have to pay you to heat up that water? I guess because they pay the bills, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, I drink yeah, a ton of coffee. I think we're all kind of on the same page. I would drink a coffee. Like, if somebody – I'm one of those after dinner when somebody's like, would you like a coffee? I'm like, 
Oh, like if you're making absolutely. some, I would love a cup. Some of the best. And I can literally like I'll drink a cup of coffee and then just lay down in bed and go to bed. It's like I don't it doesn't do anything for me. I mean, it keeps me awake through the day, but then I feel like my wherewithal, my willpower is strong enough where I'm just like, you know what? Body's ready for sleep and sleep like a hypnotist. I think that's the addiction part of it, and I'm I'm suffering from the same thing. <laughs> if you you can justify it however you want, I'm pretty sure that it's not normal for me to be able to go to sleep right after a giant yeti of coffee, but I can do it. My wife makes fun of me, and I I honestly don't remember whether I can whether I mentioned this on the podcast, but I get up at six in the morning, and then a lot of times like I'll work until like I'll just kind of start working as soon as I get up, and then at like eight thirty nine o'clock, like I'll be like. Like, I've had, like, two and a half cups of coffee, and I'm like, well, I'm going to lay down for a quick 15-minute nap from 9 to 9.15 a.m. That's healthy, right? Um, it's definitely healthy. Yeah, it's making me start out the show really feeling good about myself. <laughs> my problem is I make my big thing of coffee, and I, I put all this stuff in it. Like, there's, like, collagen powder and MCT oil and all that stuff. But I have to reheat my coffee in the morning probably, like, four different times because I start working, and then I kind of forget to drink it. It's a process. I will literally, like, I can finish an iced coffee from Duncan, like, from Duncan to the station. It's scary. Okay, I think Nick, I think I have an idea to get you your, your... go to the doctor. No, 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 no. To get <laughs> you, no, no. I was gonna try to get you more Dunkin' Donuts. My, I want, I would like to be able to go to Dunkin' Donuts and select a color for the okay. for the cream for like the cream coffee mixture because too often when you go to the iced coffee at these oh, establishments, too light, too dark, it's too white. Yeah, it's okay. a, it's like no, I would like coffee with my cream mm. as well. I think if you could pick a color, that would help hmm. get everybody on the right page. So for to what get you want. them to sponsor the animation again, just have them reformat their entire like. I was thinking. Menu. I was thinking. Go to Dunkin' Donuts with a brilliant idea that you would come up on your own. But yeah, you can do it and however then, you want. And then be like, <laughs> and I'll give you this idea in exchange for a three month contract with yeah, WCNC News. Right. They're up for rebranding. I mean, they just changed their name to Dunkin'. Yeah. So yeah, I think they take ideas. They probably have a suggestion box. Yeah, that's sum- my wife loves a nice there. suggestion box. Um, I have you told her that nobody ever? Act, no. no, you just let her. Just let I her just go. Let her. Well, because she's a big like. She'll get up somewhere and she'll be like, "They should have another person working." And I'm like, "You should tell them." And I, I just love. <laughs> I love the look on her face of just like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm just telling you. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, oh, this sandwich could use more cilantro. Let them know. No, I'm not going to let them know. It's ridiculous. Cilantro is gross, by the way. <laughs> Very strong it feelings. Yeah. Thank you. It tastes like soap. Thank you. Yeah. It does. It tastes like soap and like wet and gross. Yeah. But okay. only some people think it tastes yeah. like soap, right? Yes. That's what does that we're say over about here. you? Is it well, because you drink so much coffee? Probably. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think we've no. cracked the case. I'd like to see the, the correlation and the, the study. graph. A limited that. study. There Two is, people. There are. No, no. There's, I believe it. There's a big segment of the population that does not taste cilantro the way the rest of us do. True. Yeah. Well, it's a thing. It's a, actually it's a thing. thing. It's science. We read it on the internet. Well, if you want to hear your super important question on the show, go leave us a review and put it in there. Come on. I'm getting tired of coming up with questions. Come on. Come on. All right. So we're going to go right into football now. This is kind of weird to even say this, but Ron Rivera will almost certainly become the Panthers' all-time winners coach sometime in the next few weeks, or he could get fired. <laughs> Those are two very extreme things. How weird is that? How, how unique of a situation is that for a coach? Well, it wasn't just Rivera. 
quickly looking back at Sunday's game, it's not just Rivera, but Bill O'Brien. Both of those coaches are over 500 with more than five years as head coaching experience, have been in the playoffs, have won playoff games. And yet you think about the way that particularly, I mean, Rivera, I don't think has much of a national persona right now, but Bill O'Brien is, you know, pretty much routinely clowned as not being a good head coach. Right. And yet he's over 500. And I think this is the context that we have to keep in mind when you talk about Rivera, because you just said it, he is based on tenure, the best head coach that this franchise has ever had. And I really don't think you've got a case for anybody else. I mean, Seifert, no, no. Um, I mean, John Fox is probably the, you know, the, the one that everyone would point to, but Dom, Cap- throw Dom capers up there. Dom was good, but then Dom became GM, and then it became awful. Yeah. So, and then it kind of gets labeled with that. He's he's in the discussion, um, you know, with with him and Fox has to be one too, I think. But yet at the same time, that time came for Fox too, and he was no one was going, hey, don't don't forget about that Super Bowl back in two thousand three. By the time, so this is just kind of the the nature of the beast. Anytime you've got a guy that's been around this long and hasn't unfortunately won a Super Bowl. Can I ask you a, a separate question, kind of a little bit more existential? Can you be a good, bad coach? Or, like, if you're a good, bad coach, do you have to have a catchphrase that infuriates the fan base? Because, Not true like, with me? Yeah, like, John Fox said it is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. it's going out of style. It's so much so that it became, like, a huge catchphrase a for yeah, yeah. a podcast. Dom Caper said, keep shopping wood. That yeah. was his. Yeah. Uh, and now, obviously, Ron Rivera. Don't say it. Don't say it. Yeah. Well, they said it during the broadcast. Did they really? Yeah. There, there, there was a big graphic. Missed opportunities. <laughs> that's fun. But it was for the Texans. I was like, no, no, that's no. supposed to be ours, you mean, guys. You messed, it, you messed yeah. it up. Real missed opportunity for Fox. I like how you said, that's fun. Yeah. Well, it's because ultimately when we end up evaluating these guys is on Sundays, which I understand is when their job gets done. But like in these these clock management situations where if they if they botch the final two minutes or the final uh, time like, uh, into the game situation, that becomes – they're a bad coach. They get that label. Um, and, and then that becomes your reputation until you force them to change it. And neither one of those coaches have done anything to do that yet. Well, it's like head coach as CEO, right? So that's what they, they always say, or at least in the last decade or so, being a head coach is much less about like, well, I'm going to draw up the play and like the X goes here and the O goes here. That's how you draw up a play. And like, I'm going to make sure that, you know, uh, Daryl Williams puts his has his kick step in – the right, like he doesn't do that. He goes to Matsko and says, "How's the offensive line looking?" He goes to North Turner and says, "I think we should run more play action now. Make it happen." Like he delegates, and so much of being a good head coach is hiring the right people. Uh, so much of it is luck. I mean, just like anything else in the NFL and sports in general. But I, I do think it's less about being overall good and being good in tiny, teeny tiny situations, and they can be. Uh, a mascot is like a huge degree where like you know bob calls a wide receiver pass in the in their only time in the red zone and that's the only thing guys are going to remember from that from that game even though he kept them in that game i mean not necessarily him but they were still in that game until the end but all you're going to remember is him making a bad play call admitting that it's a bad play call and then he's a bad coach also i mean he is a bad coach but whatever yeah i mean look at where the bar was i mean 73 isn't an astronomical number to lead your franchise in victories it took one coach the better part of a decade to get there i 
guess it took Rivera about the same amount of time to get there as well. And this is kind of what Rivera does, right? I mean, we've seen it just in the quarter pole of this season of starting 0-2, and, and it's like, oh, my God, you got to get this guy out of here, to just digging himself out of that, which he's done so many times year after year after year. Bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad start, great finish. And now he's just been around long enough to be at that number. Um, I think when you do take that kind of 35,000-foot view and you kind of just think, you know, what would I have thought if I still lived in New England somewhere and never worked in Carolina and they flash across the screen, Ron Rivera becomes all-time winning as coach of the Panthers, my reaction would probably have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah. Kemba Walker being it, not a perfect example because he was so great the last three years, but him being, you know, the all-time leading scorer of an NBA franchise – after really, when you want to look at it, three really good years, seven or eight in total, it's kind of on par with me of, you know, the, the bar wasn't set awfully high for him to have gotten there now. And I think Rivera and, and, and O'Brien, two guys that don't have like a um, – some kind of hang their hat on is, is being inventive. Like you think about an Adam Gase or some of these guys that are viewed as these offensive geniuses. Rivera's ability to get that team ready consistently for a decade – is far more important than being a little bit smarter on the offensive stuff and not being able to communicate with your team, which appears to be the way that, you know, a guy like Adam Gase or even Chud, yeah. you know, that great, you're, you're an offensive genius, but can you get your guys week in and week out to show up and play? And, and this isn't a team that has penalty issues. I, I think Rivera over the long haul looks a whole lot better than he does on select Sundays, particularly in the last couple minutes of a half or, or a game. I think that's an interesting way to put it because if you look at his entire the entirety of his career, right, you would say that you're like, okay, well, I mean, he's over 500. He's about to be the winningest coach in NFL history. He's one coach of the year in NFL history, in Panthers history. He's on pace over to be the, yeah. I think 15 yeah. games over 500. Uh, he's won how many coaches of the year? Three? Three coaches? He's been three coaches of the year I three I times in seven, eight years. Um, he's been to the Super Bowl. He's been to the playoffs four times. Like, if you look at his resume, and I also wonder how much of it is like, um, is like closeness bias, which is not the right way to say proximity. It, proximity bias. Thank yeah. you. I'm not good with words, which is weird. Uh, proximity bias because it's like we see him every Sunday and every day. And if you don't see him every Sunday and every day, you're like, yeah, I mean, whatever. He's always kind of got them in contention. But when you see him every day, you're like, well, he's ah uh, burning timeouts and like these kind of things that I wonder how much 95% of other coaches are also doing that we just don't see it because we're, I mean, when, we when saw Bill, Bill O'Brien do it, Bill O'Brien did it on Sunday and I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's usually it the other of, way around. Yeah. It kind of opened my eyes yeah. that it was like, Oh, probably want those timeouts. And now there's seven minutes left in the game and you don't have any or any challenges. And you probably could have challenged that JJ Watt, Kyle Allen sack. <clears> and it would have been close, but didn't have any challenges, didn't have any timeouts. And I would imagine Houston fans were pretty upset with that. Does he have a, a game management, <laughs> clock management specialist? They, they didn't have a GM like three months yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> He's done a heck of a they, job. They haven't had a left tackle for three years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they got Laramie Tunsil. He brought yep. that gas mask with him to Houston, yeah. so he's good. He's fine. They did, they gave up six sacks, but they're fine. They're good. They're <laughs> You know, you think about this is obviously Ran, or Cam and Ron um, conversation, but I mean, playoffs four out of five years. What what team is not signing up for that? Like, if it wasn't for the existence of the Patriots and the way they can distort everything in these rule books, the Panthers are only behind a couple teams in terms of look at the Seahawks or teams that have had more success than a Ron Rivera coach team has over this over this decade. 
and that's that's a marriage between Cam and Ron. But four out of five playoff or appear in the playoffs four out of five years when Cam was healthy, and I don't think either one of them really get credit for that. Cam is reduced to 2015, and Rivera, like you said, every Sunday it's. Well, is he going to get this timeout right? Is he going to get this review right? Is he going to go for this fourth down? Even though he's been here, he's about to be the franchise's winningest head coach, and yet it still feels like for both of them at times that they're on a week-to-week contract with the fans and, and Twitter particularly. So you just said the marriage of Cam and Ron. Can you separate the two? Can you separate Ron from Cam Newton? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that you're – yeah, I mean, they came into the league together. They have basically grown up together. I think if you look at it from a macro point of view – I don't think that you can. I think maybe if you want, I think the viewpoint of a lot of people is that Cam Newton has elevated Ron Rivera into a better coach than he maybe is. And I think that may have been the case early in his career. But I do think that Ron Rivera has kind of come into his own, certainly as a leader of men. I think Colin loves to use that phrase, and that's really how I would describe Colin Ron Jones Rivera. or me? Both. Okay. <laughs> Colin Farrell. A leader of men. <laughs> Is that good? Was that a good accent? That was pretty good, I feel like. Sounded ah. good coming out of my mouth. <laughs> felt good. Yeah, felt good. I don't know. I can't do it again. Um, I'd give it like a, a B. All right. Maybe? Would you give it a B? I'd, I'd take that B and run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will take your B and run. Um, but I think that's a, that is a lot of what being a coach is, and I think Ron Rivera is good at that. To me, the juxtaposition of him – literally being on the doorstep of of being the most successful coach in Panthers history. And up until last, I think now it's a foregone conclusion now that they're two and two, but up until last week, I, I was like ready. I was pulling the column together in my head of like Ron Rivera was this close, like this close to being the winningest coach in Panthers history and was never able to get there because of a Cam Newton's injury and two, uh, just, circumstances the other thing about that i look you look at the head coaches other than belichick who comes with his own baggage but i think everybody would trade for the wins and andy reed who comes with certainly playoff baggage but other than those two is there somebody that you're going to and you're saying this is a definite upgrade across the board in ron rivera no when i and i know that we're jumping around but the question of like where would he rank i went just i looked at like the lineup of the divisions and the teams and there were more coaches that i would put behind him than i thought like i just like i blew through entire divisions and was like nope 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 based on just who he is as a coach and what he's accomplished in the past also but i think he's a top 10 coach as the league stands right now your question about can you separate the two um i don't think you could i i think you know when they came into the league together number one pick first year taking over the franchise and then he kind of survives those ugly couple of years where Jerry Richardson let him stay. They're kind of in it. You know, it is a marriage with them more than I think a lot of coach quarterback tandems and where the franchise is right now with no clear cut quarterback of the future uh, for Ron Rivera to maybe go to if Cam is, is done. And and that's another conversation, a new owner who's going to want to put his stamp on things and who sees where the NFL is going with coaches uh, I, I don't think there's a way that Ron Rivera survives without a Cam Newton here in, in Charlotte. Cam Newton could certainly play another year without Ron Rivera, but not the other way around. You mentioned you you were 
had already thought about the rankings and what that with the coaches. You know, you can agree there's different tiers, and you got Belichick in that top tier. Who else is in that top tier with Belichick? I think it's just Reed. Reed is yeah, and yeah. regular season is. So then, is where there. would you fall, Ron, in those tiers? So, but even Reed has his warts, right? Like sure. Weird is famously weird. <laughs> Reed is famously bad in like <laughs> big game situations the playoffs, yeah. in the play. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was I was just yeah. saying his warts are games, the playoffs. But, yes, yeah. yeah. So he's bad in the playoffs. So like. I, can right. you be a top tier coach with and be bad in the playoffs? Like, and the other, I mean, well, I, I guess yes is the yes, answer. But he is. Well, he also he also got some tough luck because I remember that there's the game in Indy, um, in Indy where Alex Smith outdueled Andrew Luck, and they had um, oh they're running back out of uh, LSU that they had for a long time there um, at Kansas City. He got a concussion. Second guy comes in, um, Mike Davis, I think the the backup yeah. from South Carolina. Concussion. They're on their third running back. Um, in that game, and Indy's able to come back because they can't close that game out. So he has had – I mean, that's, that's what happens when you show up as much as he does to the, to the playoffs. But you even go back to his Eagles time. He only had one Super Bowl appearance, but probably had a four- or five-year run where his team was the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that – yes, I, I agree. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not necessarily saying that he is a bad coach by any means. I right. do think he's in that top tier. Even I, – I think Belichick is in the tier by himself. I think yes. we can all agree on that. But Warlock. I think that – but like you're looking doesn't at, have to pay attention to concussions, domestic violence makes life a little bit easier, you know. Uh, well, when you win that many rings, you don't get to pay attention. To, you don't have to pay attention to anything, right? Like you yeah, literally, no, they, like they, the rules don't apply. Like it's just like whatever. Yeah, it's fine. He's Belichick. He doesn't have to be nice to reporters. He can want when he walks out of a press conference, it's like, oh, Bill, you're so crazy. And then Ron walks out of a press conference, and it's like, well, well, he's on the hot seat. Like I mean, it, it's it's obviously a double standard. But when you win seven Super Bowls, you get the ability to yeah. have that. But that's team. why if you remove them, nobody has anything that even remotely looks like that. Like the idea of having like four out of five years, you go to the playoffs and then coming out of that the other side and being like, I think we're ready to make some changes. <laughs> Sounds crazy to most of the fan bases. And again, if you don't have this one example that makes it look like a dynasty as possible in the NFL when we know it's really not. Yeah, Nick Wilson said it last week, and I am going to say it. I'm going to give him credit this week, and then I'm going to say it next week myself, and then I'm just going to pretend it's my saying <laughs> that it's very easy to go from a good coach to a bad coach, and it's really hard to go from a good coach to a great coach. And that's what the Panthers would be trying to do if they try to move on from Ron Rivera. And I think that more they're more likely to make a mistake than they mm-hmm. are to hit on the next Sean McVay. And I think more than anything, if nothing else, at this point, Rivera should have earned the 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 notion that if you're going to say he should be fired, you need to have the next guy in line. He does have enough of a resume where you can say, this guy is, performs at this level. If you want somebody else, you need to go get somebody that, that's above that level, above you know what he has done here um, at this time. I don't think it's just a Rivera should be fired, like you know, floated out there with no... Um, no idea behind it because that's how you go from a good coach to a bad coach. We should have had the this like should have played this game in, two weeks ago when they were zero and two and hmm. played the like I'll throw out a terrible coach name and you say you play Cam to K one on it and we'll play that I'm sure in like four <laughs> oh. weeks when they're when they're two and four when they're and, six uh, and two again yeah when they're six and two and and he has made a weird um, decision on who to start at quarterback so I, I just think it's uh, the the juxtaposition is so interesting to me is. Is he still Riverboat Ron? Like, do you think? I think around the league, I think he still is, though, right? Like, no. 
We haven't no. seen Riverboat in a while, I feel we like. We haven't, but I think if you talk to talk, ask a Chiefs fan and they'll be like, Yeah, Riverboat Ron. Yeah, because they remember it, because they remember yeah. it from the last time you had to pay attention, which was twenty fifteen. Right. And it was so successful and everything they were just riding that wave and yeah, he was doing it. It was in relevant games, it was working. And well, I got here in 2016, so my perspective was like watching him not let Graham Gano kick like a 50 yard field goal and punting it from the 35 or whatever. I mean, he did that a couple. That's times. also a gamble. Also <laughs> a gamble. Uh, yeah, it could be a touchback. I would think he's returned to the pack, and I think the the, the pack of coaches is also taking more chances on fourth down, which makes him seem yeah, it's, less. It's the trend. Different. I don't think he does it. I don't think he's ultra conservative, but I definitely don't think he's this just like analytical wild gambler that's going to go for it fourth fourth down from his own 40 i mean he he did it three times in the tampa game right yeah didn't work any time but no but he did and, do and it. then and then you you talk about them wanting to use cam newton less in those situations and maybe that affects it certainly did in the tampa game as well yeah no i i agree uh did you guys i assume we all pay attention to the internet and saw the mike tomlin rumor that circulated right what do you guys think about i didn't that? know there was a new one i just always that he would coach the Panthers. I think, it kind I of think that's somebody kind of been I just around. think that it keeps like recycling I worked in Tennessee when there were rumors every year, so I'm down I know how to do this. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's so how do you handle these rumors? What's the best what, what's the best the best Oh, in way Tennessee to do it? you yeah. just fan, fuel the flames. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't you burn let that down. stuff burn. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, like, like when I think of like the tiers of coaches, like I'm like Rivera, Tomlin, Harbaugh, like they're kind of like in that pod. So, you know, I, it's probably the Tepper connection, right? Is what everybody, but like, man, I mean, one thing that Rivera hasn't had to deal with, despite a lot of big personalities here is everybody's kind of been held in check, whether that's good or bad. I don't know. But with Pittsburgh, I mean, things have been kind of messy the last bunch of years and that's affected them on the field. Have they? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I really feel like it's it, it's trading it's six one half dozen the other. I mean, Tomlin's a guy that's going to keep that locker room in control. They're going to go out there and they're going to you know do all right. But he's a guy that can't beat Belichick. I mean, can you imagine if Peyton was you know what uh, Belichick is to to Tomlin, like the way Rivera would be perceived? I mean, Tomlin's got a guy that out there that that he just can't seem to to crack. Um, and we've seen Rivera crack that. So. I'm not. I understand from a cachet standpoint that it looks like it's a big improvement. I really feel like it's it's just a shuffling deck chairs. It feels very similar. I think that if they were to move on, they are not going to move on for a defensive coordinator or an offense, whatever. It's going to be for somebody whose name you're going to recognize, and I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah, and and he does have uh, certainly has the national cachet. Yeah. to be perceived as better than Ron, even though I think in practice that's and it could be yeah. a name at least at one point associated with the phrase quarterback whisperer. I think that's the trend in the NFL is a guy who can handle a good young quarterback and we'll see where things go with the quarterback position, but that is where things are going. So, I mean, 30 years old is not that young. Is that who you're talking about? Well, any, any, uh, that, that quarterback that's 30. Right. No, I'm talking about like any, any of these, Young, I mean, Kellen Moore in Dallas is probably going to get some looks, obviously, with what he's done with Dak. I mean, that's the way things are going. Is Tepper going to try to jump on that train and try to hit the Sean McVay type? I don't know. I, I, I think he wants to make a big splash and a big hire. If you were thinking about this what in, in, in trying to put this in order, would you rather get the head coach with Cam still here? and you know, try and, Would you try and get somebody for Cam, or would you try and get somebody post-Cam? I mean, that – 
Because is who, somebody going to want to work with totally... Cam based on what they've seen the last two two and a half years? I mean, obviously the first eight games of last year, but they don't know what they're that that's the marriage that you enter into as a head coach. So because if you say Josh that we're going to get somebody that has name cachet, that comes with it a certain weight, and what does that look like? Um, for number one, and which would be the best way for Dave Tepper to, to go about? Like, do you sign Cam to some kind of extension if we get back to healthy now or whatever, and then try and find a new head coach, or do you try and find the new head coach first? I think that's the order of operations actually matters a lot here. Yeah, I I, I agree that the order of operations definitely makes a difference, but I, I think that, you know, you don't fire a coach that's just had a two-game winning streak, so probably not going to get fired right now, but um, some certainly something to think about. I, I think... I, to me, the when John Fox, the last year of John Fox, obviously was a lot different than this year. But the last year of John Fox, had fewer wins. Yeah, <laughs> you could feel, you could just feel it. Like it was just, and and I remember he got fired and immediately got hired by the Broncos. And I remember saying to people like, "That's a good coach. Like you are going to, yeah. you're not going to be sad about that hire." And I think that might be exactly what happens with Ron Rivera is if he. If they are to move on, sometimes the message just gets lost. He's just been saying the same thing for seven years, and you just need a fresh, a fresh pair of lips in there saying something different. And they've played with Verve the last two weeks too, though, so it's not like the message isn't getting received at this point. I, yeah. I think at this point, I don't think he's getting fired during the season. I mean, I know if they won two games, I'm not groundbreaking, yeah. but I think this is an end of the season move for for if you're going to make a coaching change. I don't. When you talk about that feel with Fox that year, I mean, even going back to last year when they lost seven of eight, and now when they're two and two this year, it's just like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea what the feel is. I mean, one week it's different than the next, and that's just kind of how it's been around here for the last nearly calendar year now. A big difference between those th- this year and that year, though, was that the draft was a complete bust that year because you had Clawson, Armani, they drafted two third-round defensive tackles, one which plays for you know still plays in Dallas or did, and then one that washed out. I mean, they're, they're dra- so like they had the bad draft, they had bad talent. This year, they've got they're in a completely different place from a roster standpoint. So I, I feel like Rivera is in a much better place than Fox was at the end of his tenure in terms of roster composition. Let's move on to Cam and the the vlog heard around the world. I love the word vlog. It's, we, it's yeah, it's our favorite. It's so fun to say word. vlog. First of all, just kind of your your first thoughts when you watch that video. Fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually mine too. <laughs> I mean, what was the show that won like best comedy for the Emmys? It was like six six episodes, bag, right? Right, yeah. six episodes, good 20, show. twenty minutes. And Cam had one 15 minute episode. Like you're you're a couple you're a couple of these away from potential Emmy here. Like this is a long video. What what did you think of it besides watching it at one point five speed? Uh, I was, it was I thought it was interesting because I felt he, he was as leader leaderly as I've heard him in a lot of ways, taking accountability um, for himself and acknowledging that he did hurt the team by trying to trying to play. And this is now two years in a row that we've had um, we've had that. That uh, at the same time, it felt like he was doing the make good. Like, hey, look at this video. I've made it real nice. I'm accepting responsibility because I'm a big guy, and that's, accepting responsibility is what you expect me to do. And I'm not blaming anybody else. And so it felt very much like he is in a good place from like an optic standpoint. I don't know. To me, yeah, I did like the openness and the taking some responsibility, but it it just feels like a show every time one of these comes out, and he's in control of that narrative. Um, even 
you know, when his teammates and coaches aren't expecting it and aren't sure what he's going to say and aren't sure what he's going through, uh, which I think may have been the case those first couple of weeks. Um, is he being as transparent with them as he's being transparent with the fan base and, you know, the video audience, I guess. Um, I think he's been kind of in control of this because it is him. It is his foot. He knows how he's feeling. They should see how he's feeling. But I think that w- one thing Rivera quickly said must have been after the Tampa game and maybe when they were going into the first start with Allen, he said some line like Cam knows or only Cam knows. I think I remember him saying, I know I remember him saying he that. Did. And it was just like, okay, so this is Cam being like, hey, look, I'm going to shut this down. Um, whether they should have done it before, especially during the Tampa game or not, you can definitely make that case. But it just seems like he's kind of controlling what happens from here on out with him anyway. Yeah, I, I thought they was definitely trying to control the, control the narrative um, and, and curb it away from retirement. I mean, I think a lot of the conversation we'd had was about retirement. And this takes that away and turns it back towards him getting back on the field, which is a better storyline for him. Uh, potentially given that there may be an uncertain future for him. So I, I thought this was at least him sounding responsible and trying to trying to, to say the right things um, in, a, in a, admittedly a long format. <laughs> <laughs> stylish format. Very well. stylish. Yeah. Black and white, like a French, like a student film. It, it really was like a little bit of a wrestling promo element to it. Like... I got beat down at StarCast, but don't you worry. I'm going to be back. And let me tell you something, Ric Flair. I'm coming for you October 4th at the Greensboro Coliseum. There's no doubt this team's best chance to do anything great this year is if Cam Newton can come back 100%, take the reins back from Kyle Allen, and be – did I say a percentage? I don't know. We don't know what that percentage is, and I know we'll get into that. But to be some form of himself over the past – two or three years maybe not all the way back to 15 but some form of what we've seen which has you know been great at times the last two or three years yeah i I think the idea that we're going to get back to 2015 cam may not be ever a possibility but i think we can get back to 2017 cam and he had one of the best games i've ever seen him play in that playoff game against the new orleans saints and i think that if he has one of the five wide receivers that are on this roster right now in that game they win that game so I don't think that it's such a foregone conclusion that he can't come back and lead this team. And I think that we have talked about, we said it last week that, you know, this is Kyle Allen is a backup quarterback and he could be a good backup quarterback. He can be the best backup quarterback in the league, but ultimately it's still Cam Newton's team. And when Cam Newton says that he's healthy enough to come back, he's going to be able to come back. The question now is when he says that he's healthy enough to come back, does the team believe him? Because he obviously said, I'm healthy enough to play on Sunday and on Thursday, and he wasn't healthy enough to play either time. And, and last they year. Know? <laughs> like they have is anybody talking to R V? They always say they're gonna talk to R V. They see Not him before the press conference. They next. see him play. They they know. They 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 have to know more than he's giving them credit for like oh i just said i was good and they let me play and now that i said i wasn't good and now we're gonna shut it down and the other thing that cam did with this video is okay fine we'll hit pause we'll hit pause you get healthy two months you're gonna come whatever however long it is and then let's see cam again 
Because that's what you're telling us is, is, this is going to happen. So fine, we'll put it on pause. We'll wait. We'll wait. But then you're going to come back. And if the guy that was quarterback in the first two weeks of 2019 is the guy, the guy that shows up in two months, nobody's going to be happy about that either. So he has bought himself time with this, but he still has to answer that question. Yeah, he doesn't have enough time. Like, he doesn't right. have a whole lot of time. Right. He still is going to have to show. Right. And, and so you come out and say all these things. You're going to have to show up and, and, and step on that field at some point and prove again that you are – if not 2015, at least 2017, Cam Newton. Again. Yeah, but where he is now is he's got to stay on the field, be healthy, and produce, but he's also, at this point, got to not be on the field to get healthy. It's kind of an interesting catch-22. So he's going to have, I don't know, if he comes back bare, like earliest probably after the bye, I mean, he'll have nine or ten games to kind of flesh that out and we'll see where he's at because this is not just these two games it was the end of last season too which sure. means that the which yep. means that the last six times that this that, that, that this fan base has seen you you've not been right and you've not been good and now you've asked for time and so you're going to get that time but you've got to come back and be be the dude again or it's it is time to move on if you can't come back and because we the conversation preseason was about the shoulder that at some point, we're going to see this shoulder, and we're going to go, okay, this is what it is. It's not going to get better than this. And that, to me, still looms. When you talk about the foot, the, the, the shoulder still looms as a, as a major problem. So we'll see when he comes back. I, I mean, I'm optimistic for him to come back, but he, he didn't prove anything with that video. No, I, I think all he did was he made it a real – he made it an NFL situation. I mean, for all the wine and all the cigar, he made it a – the quarterback has a mild Liz Frank. He'll be back in – five to seven weeks there you go we'll see you on sunday as opposed to what's happening with cam newton is he going to retire is he does he is he going to play again this season are they going to put him on ir is he going to come back next week does does he hate kyle allen does he love kyle allen is kyle allen uh is kyle allen gonna dress wear a funny headscarf after the game like i have so many questions does that locker room still like cam newton do they hate cam newton like all these questions all it did now was now it's like cam newton is injured he has a foot injury. He's going to be back when he's back. Expect Kyle Allen to be the starter until you see Cam Newton back at practice, and then then we can start talking about when Cam Newton will return. I also think that he uh, didn't travel for the past two weeks, which he somehow caught a bunch of hell for, which is the which is. Come why on, do man. people? I don't know. I really don't understand why people care. I don't. But I mean. It, but it's like Trey Turner didn't travel either. Yeah. Like you have, a, he has a foot injury. He's not going to come and stand on the sideline for three hours. Just like Trey Turner has an ankle injury, he's not going to stand on the sideline for three hours. And whether he would or not, the team won't let him. Right. You want to talk about RV and Coach Rivera stepping in and being a and being a man and telling him what to do? And now when he's not on the trip, you're like, well, not a good leader. It's like there, he can't have both ways. So it's like that 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 is not a fun argument to me. But like at least now we can be like, okay, well, Kyle Allen's a quarterback. He has his warts, and we're certainly going to talk about them. And he is going to be able to, if he can keep them in contention, then you can keep, you can have Cam Newton come back, and either this team can be the team that you hoped they were going to be before the season started, or they can be a team that's ready to move on to another situation. There's a scenario where Panther fans feel really good at the end of this period. If, if, yep. if Cam comes back... And he's out there at camp, and he's firing around, and he's doing his, you know, flying like a jet and playing the music real loud. And I mean, the idea of getting Cam for a shortened season is certainly Yeah, I like intriguing. that idea. I like that idea. Yeah, and, and especially if, if, if Allen's able to ha- have success and they're able to keep this thing afloat. The idea, I mean, we talked about it. 
can Cam Newton's shoulder withstand a, a full season? We didn't know. Well, now we may not need to know. And it was pretty good for eight weeks last year. So, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to provide a little silver lining here that, th- that this is a scenario that, you know, seems like it, it could work um, in terms of what we think we can get out of Cam in, in the time frame. Yeah, if, if like you said, Allen can keep them afloat, which certainly he's able to, he's certainly capable of over this stretch. If the defense keeps playing like this, and then they get Cam back in early November and things are at least somewhat good, that is such a pivotal point for this team that could take them, you know, to a really good November and December. Could, if yeah. he is somewhere, some somewhat the guy he's been in the past couple of years. But you watch the past two games, and, like, for me, I sit there and I think, can you imagine this team with Cam at 100%? Like, that's, yeah. that's the first thing I think about and just the what could happen with all that. Yeah, I think the rest of the team also, and it was one of the questions that was kind of in my like long rant, but it's like I think the rest of the team was getting a little bit like, okay, well, we know that Cam isn't, isn't good enough to play, and we are good enough to play. So we need to either shit or get off the pot. We'll get one of our curses out of the way right now. Um, and like, let's either – either he's going to be in there and we are going to not be able to win with him, or he's let's let him get better and we can carry the team. And I think now that they've had a little bit of like clarity, that that's a good thing. So I, I do. It's a. Uh, I think they're in a better situation now than they were two weeks ago. And I think that putting that video out, you know, red wine, cigar, scarf, hat, whatever. Put all that stuff aside. Like at least now there's some clarity, and that's really the that's the main important thing. Now that being said, there's nobody in Camp's camp that was like dog, the cigar, <laughs> like, like. He Nobody? owns a cigar shop. Like, isn't that isn't that ship sailed though? I mean, have he it in owns the ashtray smoking. Like, you don't. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't just... know. Would you think that the video felt like more forced and not authentic if he came out like dressed like Colin? <laughs> hey, <laughs> and I didn't mean that in any like demeaning way or anything. But I'm just saying, like, like the fashionista you know, Colin a, to my right, <laughs> like this fashionista, he comes out just perfectly sure, normal. like like page thirty two of the Era Postal catalog, exactly, like just staring straight ahead. And the, I have an important message for Panther fans. See, exactly. <laughs> if he comes out like that, it's almost like a hostage video of some <laughs> sort. I like the fact, like I, you know, people are going to talk shit about it there's our second one um they're gonna talk about it if cam would have strapped a gopro to his scooter Mm. and recorded Uh, it would he have had a higher q score than with the cigar (laughs) oh that would have been amazing um yeah i just i i I get it and i i understand cam's gonna be cam and cam is gonna do what cam is gonna do and he doesn't care that people don't like it but it's like when you do stuff like that sometimes you just kind of you walk right into the narrative and maybe you step on the larger point that you're trying to make i i still think with him sometimes there may be an element of i'd rather you guys talk about this than the other stuff i'd rather you talk about my ridiculous hat than the fact that i can't complete a 15 yard pass to a perfectly capable wide receiver i you know it's i've got the mole look at my big hat not at my mole mole i do more <laughs> i feel very seen by that comment but um that's fine we'll just move right along i do wear big hats so i do too did you guys see – so I, w- I was in Houston this weekend, and I don't really watch um, – I don't have, like, live TV. And I was laying in bed on Saturday morning hungover, and I was watching just the NFL Network, and they were just crushing Cam for 
not for saying that he wanted to get back to 100%. And, well, when you're in the NFL, you'll never be 100%. And and, and it was just – I. this must be – this is the way that people are just like, well, this is why the media hates Cam and they, they are going to always talk about him because for you to take that tax, for him to be like, I got to get better, I'm going to come back at 100%, and then for you to be D'Angelo Hall and saying, no, well, I'll never, you'll never be at 100%. I was never at 100%. Like – you know, you know when D'Angelo Hall wasn't at 100%? When Jake DeLome juked his ass on a naked bootleg, okay? I don't need to hear anything from D'Angelo Hall ever, ever again other than to see that video clip and then him show up so I can laugh at him. D'Angelo, oh, D'Angelo Hall? The dude that Steve Smith punked? Of course he hates the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, some of the I'd... names out there that have trashed Cam, like, like Reggie Bush. and yeah. like I mean, what is, like, obviously well, there's you know. another D'Angelo mixed in there. But, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I think Cam is at least smart enough to realize like he's going to play an NFL football game and get some sort of ding or bruise or scratch or cut. I think he just needs to be able to function as the quarterback that he needs to be for this football team and that he needs to be for himself. So whatever that percentage is, I mean, it's it's the foot's not sore. It's the foot's hopefully not you know close to being aggravated again. Uh, that's a hundred percent for Cam, where where he can run at least a little bit or be a threat to run, and with the shoulder, complete passes over fifteen yards. You know, it really is special that they now have former players playing gotcha with current players on semantics. That's that, that takes her. That's a really cash that check, D'Angelo. Good work out of you, buddy. Well, he's the weekend anchor of Good Morning Football, so big time. <laughs> Didn't even realize that he was on there because when you started yeah. talking about, it, I was like, oh, who was it? Then you said that name and. That's not who I pictured on no. that show. No, and I love Good Morning Football. You're doing good work out there, Peter Schrager. It's good stuff. I watch it. Lashana Tova to you, sir. Man of the people, Peter Schrager. Yep. Saturday morning, you should be watching college football stuff. It was like 9 a.m. There's no co- – what am Pre-game I going to watch? Day. Pre game day? Yeah. Pre-game day. No, that's uh, – Did Nebraska Pre-game play this weekend? are terrible. Game oh. day for uh, – oh. Did, did I say oh, something? Sorry. Are we going oh, yeah, to roast Nebraska now? Oh. Did I say something? Oh. Ohio State's oh. very good. It takes that, I thought Scott Frost was at the mountaintop. No? Okay. That's I'm, a death I'm stare. glaring at Colin that's right now. Stare. Glaring. Did you guys see that program defining loss for the Tar Heels, though? Come on, baby. The Mac is back. Could have been Kings of the Palmetto State. That would have been short-worthy. love I love the call to go for two. I do not love the triple option, but I'm fine with it. I agree. I just want to put it out there on tape that you go for two every time in that situation, Mac, and I will kiss you on your little forehead every time. You'll be a Mac backer? Yeah, I'm a huge Mac backer. I want to get that Return of the Mac t-shirt, although I do not want to spend $24.99 on it. So. That was a game that could be titled Missed Opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I like the call. I did not like the play. But, hey, you should be happy with that. Tar! No. When you're running into your own offensive lineman on the way to the sideline five yards before the goal line and don't have anybody in the back of the end zone actually throw it to, not great. Yeah, not great, Bob. Well, it's a it's new experience being that close to the number one ranked team. You know, you, you don't know what you're going to do the first time you get there. It's true. It's true. Let's take a break when we come back. We'll talk about Sammy Howell, future quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Oh, God. Throwing the towel for Howell. hey Howell. Like it. In this week's episode of the Carolina Line, we talk about the second straight win, the Panthers beat the Texans, and we learn how to put on 100 pounds in five minutes. 
That's Al right. Wallace. Great pass rush by this Carolina defensive line. If you want to learn how to be a defensive lineman and transition from a wide receiver, <laughs> I got you. I got the details. Tune in and listen. You got yes. the recipe. And listen, if you need to know how to catch a greased pig, I explain it all here on this episode of the Carolina Line. No nice. pigs were hurt in the process of this <laughs> podcast. At the Carolina Line, Kevin Donnelly, Al Wallace, and Kelly Bardick. Check us out anywhere oh, you get your podcast. Name for the segment? Maybe, why That's not? Fun. I thought it was mandatory that it had to involve problem. I oh. thought I heard if you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band, okay. first of go. all. Here we go. Um, Colin already gave his answer for this. How don't can, mess with Texas. Don't mess with Texas. How can Kyle Allen stop fumbling? <laughs> you do that movie did to, to J.J. Watt. Just keep doing that one. Yeah. Keep avoiding the yeah. best pass rusher of the last yeah. uh, decade. I mean, just go ahead and write that down, Kyle, and go ahead and go ahead and put that in the game plan. <laughs> There's like a variety of ways, right? Because it's happened in a it had to, it's happened in a variety of ways. Uh, pull the trigger sooner, maybe have the clock in your head. I, and when people say that, I'm like, are you one, two? Like, how long are you counting before you know that JJ Watt is about to blindside hit you or merciless or whoever? I mean, the ones that are egregious are like when he tucks it and goes up the middle and then doesn't yeah. have it tight enough. Yeah. Like that's bad. Um, when JJ Watt is like f- flicking the ball out yeah, that with his like really index finger, that's tough to stop. So yeah, I mean, guys are going to fumble. It's the problem for me is that he's been sacked five times and he's fumbled five <laughs> times in, in my mind. I can't remember, and I have not gone back to watch the tape on this for this specifically. I don't remember him being hit and not fumbling. I think he's been hit after he got rid of the ball, but I, I don't think he's really rushed for any yardage. That would be the only time he would have gotten hit. But it, yeah. <laughs> sorry, you have to be a. I just calling it. Um, you you have to be a. You have to be able to hang on to the ball if you're going to be an NFL quarterback. And he showed everything else that you need. And if this is going to be a war, how do you work on this? You carry the ball around the carry the ball around the stadium from meeting to meeting. Whatever you got to do, whether it's the program, whether you tape it to your hand like Edward Forty hands, whatever you got to do. You you keep that ball. The the ball is precious. Not making excuses for the guy, but he doesn't get hit a whole lot. Mm, and hasn't the last point. two and a half years being on a practice squad and and basically playing just in the preseason, if at all, until this year. Um, so he's got so much else on his plate. Unfortunately, maybe that was the one thing he's like, oh yeah, the ball, and then it's gone. <laughs> you know, so. I think he'll get Squeeze better at it. Oh, I think I think I don't dang th- it. I don't think he'll hit his on pace sack fumble stats, but um, I think he will get marginally better at it. Will he fumble again? Probably. Yeah, I mean he'll. Yeah, as long as he doesn't fumble on the next sack, which is re- then it's going to be like, oh my, God, what's happening? Like yeah. then it'll be a thing. Like, then it I, might be a mental thing. Yeah, yeah, I would almost like to. So a couple of the sacks I was talking to. Um, some of the uh, I was talking to Kevin Donnelly and Al Wallace, hosts of the Carolina Line, available on the Riot Network. I would encourage Great you to go show. check it out. It is a good show. Um, they were saying that a couple of those sacks yesterday, they were on those were on Kyle Allen. Like he he went back two steps too far into the pocket, and Greg Little, his job is to push Whitney Merciless around the outside so that he can't get to the quarterback. And when you're going to take two extra steps and elongate that pocket backwards, you're going to make it impossible for your guys to be able to block. Now, obviously, the one where J.J. Watt just kind of like, uh, like somehow got his weird freak arm in there to knock the ball away. Like, again, yeah, that's luck of the draw. Those things are going to happen. Deshaun Watson fumbled, too. We don't talk about his fumbling problems. But 
yeah, he can. He needs to get better at that, and very quickly if he's going to be an NFL quarterback. What about this defense? Is this a defense that we were promised? I mean, I, I say no, not yet. Just because of the who they've played, and and I, watching Deshaun Watson, I didn't see it. I didn't see a whole lot of talent. Obviously, he's got nuke, but I didn't see a whole lot of talent on that um, on that team. And of course, Arizona the week before. I, I, I just to pump the brakes. Like what I've seen, I'm encouraged by it. But you, you got to you got to be a good defense against a team that means something for me to kind of want to you know, elevate them higher. Well, you look at the next few weeks. I mean, they can you know they they've got Gardner Minshew, the second coming of Joe Namath, and then they've got uh, good Jameis who just put up 55 points against the um, against the Rams, and then after Jimmy that. G. And then after that, you got Jimmy G. And then after that, you got Ryan Tannehill probably for the Titans. So it's not like you're really facing a murderer's row for the next four weeks. So this defense can continue to be on pace to be the best uh, Carolina defense in a really long time. And I think that the advantage to being so they always, you know, we talked about the 3-4 and Ron, Ron Rivera would constantly just correct us. Multiple, we're multiple, we're multiple. And now you're kind of seeing the fruits of that being multiple where the defense, like, on that fumble, Deshaun Watson had no idea what was going on. Like, they had Shaq Thompson and Eric Reed up there on the line, and he had he did not know which one of those two guys was going to blitz. They were in his own coverage behind him, and he dropped his eyes almost immediately because he did not know what he was gonna where he was going to throw the ball, and he did not know where his first or his second read was. And by that time, he's got it now. He's juking around trying to get free. And that's how you that's how you guys get guys to make mistakes. And that is the pass rush and the secondary have been like working in concert. And we said it two months ago, and they are now going to be in trouble because James Bradbury has played his ass off in the past four weeks cashing and checks. is cashing checks. He's about to cash bigger checks. Absolutely. Uh, so it's like they this guy is playing like an all pro cornerback. And yes, he's not getting interceptions because they can't throw it at him anymore. He's all over Deion. He took the best wide receiver in the game out of the game on Sunday. And that is next to impossible to do. So I, I think that the secondary, the coverage that they've been doing, and also you got to give them credit. They've been scheming it up. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury said after the game in Arizona, he said they they just the stuff that they ran after halftime, the zone coverage where they were blitzing, Kyler wasn't ready for it, and I wasn't ready for it. And then they kind of said the same thing again this week. So you got to give Ron Rivera credit for what he has been doing with this defense. From that aspect of, is this the defense we were promised? Yes, like in terms of them being more aggressive. I mean, for, it was five years where it felt like they had two blitzes. It was going to be Captain Munderland or the slot corner coming, and then they were going to have Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley right over top of the center, Faking like they were gonna, they were gonna come. Like that's what they did time and time again when they wanted teams to think that they had pressure. And we've seen dramatic shifts uh, this year through four weeks. Yeah, I think the playmaking has been the best in the last two weeks, and and a couple times during those first two games, the playmaking ability, getting the hand on the ball, getting after the quarterback, getting their hands on the football, and you know you've had some guys step up, especially last week. You know, I, I thought. Ross Cockrell obviously had the interception. I thought he played really well, pressed in a service for Dante Jackson against some of those receivers. Obviously, James Bradbury. Um, the defensive the defensive line rotations have been really, really solid. And, and you know, they talk about it, and I'll get into the versatility of, you know, outside guys playing inside, inside guys playing outside, and being able to, without 
all those kind of fancy blitz packages that you're talking about just generate pressure from up front has been the best we've seen it in a while and they've just been playing fat they seem to be flying around out there and, and i think rivera's having fun with it it feels like a defense that's a that's a player like they're sometimes you think about like those bears defenses yeah. ravens defenses where it's like they are a player they're not just out there trying to stop the offense they're out there making their own plays yep. consistently and that's they're, what that's what they've shown they're dick they they at times in the last two games have really dictated the tempo of the game 100 how Absolutely. you know it they're not on their heels. The offense is on their heels. I, I do. We're sitting here praising the defense. We've, we've talked a lot about Ron Rivera as a head coach. If this defense is as good as it's been and continues to be, why is that not the hook that Ron Rivera would be able to hang his hat on at the end of this season rather than Cam Newton? Well, I think I mean, if they, they, they have to win. Like, but if they, but, but, so I think I don't, uh, I, they kind of arrange this roster. And I don't want to. I don't want to like draw up too close a comparison to like the 2015 Denver roster, where they said we're going to go out, we're going to make the defense really, really, really good, and it's going to be hard to put up points. And our offense has a lot of playmakers. Maybe our quarterback isn't completely healthy. Maybe he's not the quarterback that he used to be, but he can go out there at key moments and he can make big plays, and he can lead this team to victory when he needs to. And if the defense is going to play like they did the last two weeks. That's good enough for Cam Newton of la- of the first eight games of last season. You know what I'm saying? Like they can, he can play at that level. He doesn't have to play at 15 level. He doesn't have to play at 17 level. He can play at first half of 18 level, and honestly, maybe even kind of leaking into that back half of 18 level because it was the defense that let them down in a lot of games. It wasn't necessarily Cam's shoulder. I think obviously that narrative kind of picked up steam. But if Corn Elder is is Ross Cockrell. I'm not sure this is a seven and nine team in 2018. So I, I obviously kind of like replaying the past, but I, I think that the way that they've built this defense and they want it to be, they want the defense to be the core. I mean, that's who Ron Rivera has always been. Like we, you know, we got caught up in the reverses and the double reverses and Christian McCaffrey breaking all these Jim Brown records. But Ron Rivera is ultimately in his heart. He's a defensive coach and he wants their defense to be really good and let the rest of the team go around them. The way that you get a great, pardon this phrase, the way that you get a great unit, a special unit, is to have good players play great. And I, I, they had good players play great. Ross Cockrell played great on Sunday. Mario Addison has played. Thompson. Yep. Mario Addison played great the past two weeks. So this is this is how you elevate from a regular, hey, defense is pretty good, to like, oh, they might have something special in Carolina. What's going on with KK? He has a shoulder. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. The end of that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Very Ron answer. He went. Uh, well, I don't like to talk about injuries until after the podcast is over, mm-hmm. so I speak to RV. He's is that, He's still waiting outside. <laughs> yeah. He's a. He's the partially torn rotator cuff, so he's going to have surgery. He's going to be out for the year. I think we're going to look for. I think a lot of people are kind of like calling Vernon Butler's name. I don't think it's necessarily Vernon Butler's job to step up and be kk short i think that it's gerald you're gonna see gerald mccoy take more snaps you're gonna see dontari poe take more snaps you're gonna see these guys like i think kyle love is the guy that's gonna make more of an impact than vernon butler for the next 12 games how many games are left in the season just because vernon butler forced the a fumble in the last to to seal the last game doesn't mean he's now going to be the heir apparent to kk short guys you mentioned jerseys 
F- I mean, is guys, Ver- is Vernon Butler the captain now? Is that how it works? I don't think. I don't think you get that just because one the play does not a captain make. I don't think. <laughs> I'm not sure. I saw that movie. You just. I think you just say it, and then you're the captain. And like I said, they've yeah. got they've got guys. The way they're kind of managing the defensive line, the interior pressure doesn't need to come every single time from that big 350 pound defensive tackle. And but it, they've got good depth there. And we've seen games where Luke's been, you know, phenomenal. But then you look at Houston, and it was a bunch of guys that you just named that were making plays. And that's when you've really got something going when you do get guys like Ross Cockrell and Vernon Butler and those guys. Because this will probably be the Vernon Butler game, given the, given yeah. the track record of production. This is probably going to be the one we yeah. point back to. Yeah, and, and even up front, you know, Miller, Haynes when he's back – Obviously, Burns is going to be you know the guy that they rely on a lot. So not necessarily just guys in the middle taking that up, um, but any of these guys have proven through four games that they can make a play. He's really good, you guys. Brian Burns, like, I, I noticed that. Like yeah. he, like uh, I think it's, a lot of people have cool noticed that. But like yeah. he's really, like he's just really good. Like yeah. he's fun to watch. He is, uh, he's just really good. I love That's how it. much That's he cares. Anal- hashtag I, analysis. I love how much he cares about blocking punts yes like he is like i'm gonna block didn't he did he maybe injure his wrist by being no. mad at himself for not fully blocking not the punt? maybe he did definitely he told did. Me, i haven't I seen said, the video How did, well I, I walked up to him and i said did you injure your wrist blocking that punt and he said well no i did it stupidly and i said what do you mean stupidly and he said i i didn't get my full hand on the on the punt and i punched the ground <laughs> like like roman reigns trying to build up yeah. For a Superman punch, he punched the ground and bruised his wrist. So if he's going to miss some games, he's, he came he's, back. He, yeah, he'll be he fine. At but. least it wasn't like the the fire extinguisher or like the like a you know. stupid baseball pitcher just like, like punching the door. Yeah, like I think Amari Stoudemire did it one time. A bunch of guys have done that. Yeah, who was it that headbutted the goalpost and then gave himself a concussion? Uh, was that Gramatica? Schuller? Or Gramatica jumped up in the air and tore his ACL. <laughs> yeah. It was a Redskins quarterback. That's it was a funny one. Oh, Ferrat. Ferrat. Gus, Gus Ferrat when he went and headbutted the yeah. wall. Whose side story, and maybe that had an effect, he coached Ezekiel Elliott in high school. I was at the state championship game. They had four downs within 10 yards to score. He never gave it to Zeke once. So I trace it back to headbutting the wall in Washington. <laughs> it all goes back to yeah. that moment. Has to. That moment There's the on- there. That's the only explanation. Guys, I'll see you in about 10 minutes. I just Googled bizarre NFL injuries. And, uh, oh, <laughs> Steve Smith is in the header. Is on is in the header. So For I'm going to get back to you on this one. Maybe. <laughs> I, are, are we going to lose you for the rest of the show? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Uh, Kendall Moorhead Is woke up for the first day of training camp with what he thought was a mosquito bite after four it days of swelling in and pain, yep. bitten by a spider. spider yeah. Oh. yeah, spider bite. Sp- that's a spider bite. That's it. All that's right. it? Is that you got? No, no I mean, yeah, uh, Derek Mason related. was a charity golf. Uh, uh, apparently, he chunked the ball and broke his hand, which I, I have chunked the ball many a time, but never broken my hand. I don't have Andrew that Luck was skiing. Swing. Nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. Nobody wants to bring that mm-hmm. up. No. Well, he's retired. Well, no, it, was, it, was a culminate, it was a culmination yeah, of injuries. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, yeah. it's not the fact that he hurt his throwing shoulder, skiing or snowboarding yeah. or whatever. No. Um, before we move on to the game – is Christian McCaffrey legitimately an MVP candidate? Candidate? Yes. Vote getter? No. 
Not, not Wait, unless. Aren't we all candidates? Not, yeah. Not Michael as, Pilardi's I mean, a candidate. I know he didn't throw any touchdowns, but I don't see how anybody catches Patrick Mahomes in in, in, in this. Right, but this it's world. not like I. I don't think there's a collection of the like Patrick Mahomes is at his own level, and none. You know, there's obviously so many guys that are injured right now, and nobody's really doing what Patrick Patrick Mahomes is doing. If you and obviously it's. 90% likely to go to a quarterback. So McCaffrey, if he keeps putting up 150 yards a game and the Panthers keep winning and then Cam comes back and it's this combination of Cam and Kyle Allen that have kept them there, but McCaffrey's helped them win all these games. And I think he's going to get, he's going to be like the, the kind of contradiction pick by some media member or however it works. I don't even know. I should know that. Of course, but, if, they, if they're going to give him the 35, 37 touches every game, yeah, too, then he, he's going to have the, the sheer volume of numbers. He's basically doing quarterback stuff. He's moving the yeah. chains. He's doing it in a variety of ways. He may throw a touchdown again. We don't know. Probably, so, you know, if Martinez probably. gets in the game. Martinez uh, come back. I looked up, just for funsies, because I was trying to like write about Christian, and I looked up, like, 37 touches has got to be, like, close to a record. It's not even close to the record. No. Like, f- like guys, Lev Bell t- has touched it, like, five times, five separate games more than 37 hmm. times Interesting. in a game. Really? But that, yeah. is, but that is the level where you start you, you, you start to worry, like, <laughs> about, yeah. about the uh, effects over time for a guy like him. I mean, that that's a lot of touches. And certainly, if you feel like you need to use it, you're going to go to that well. Uh, they, but that, I mean, they needed all 37 of them. I mean, maybe right. they needed 35 of them, but, like, you don't they know, need but, a but lot from him those two on that you need, He needs off R right now. Yeah. You kind of just right. need him on the field. Game time? Yeah, game Josh, time. Josh, you're in charge. Yeah, I'm running this game. Okay, so it's so as you may or may not know, the Carolina Panthers are facing off against the Jacksonville Jaguars on, yeah, catfight uh, on Sunday. Um, and it is the 25th anniversary for both teams, which I thought was fun. And so I thought we'd play a little game. Um, they also faced off in the first game ever yes. in the franchise between the two. Um, I assume, Colin, do you want to – you can name the starting quarterbacks, obviously. The Hall of Fame game? for that yeah. would, would that be Reich and Berline? Uh, it would be Brunel? Mark Brunel and, yes, uh, Reich. Um yeah, Steve Berline was not – I don't – was he – oh, I don't want to spoil what the – oh, never mind. Um, well, we'll play a little game called <laughs> – I wasn't completely off base is what he's telling me. I'll just edit, I'll just edit that part out and then make myself sound smarter when I get later. Um, By the way, this game – you say the name of it is what? Did I have a name for it? Is there uh, a name? In the notes it said Panther or Jaguar, so I just watched National Geographic for like an hour. <laughs> and Jaguars take their prey up trees. It's incredibly impressive. So if we're taking football out of this, Jaguar. What? So he has what an is, unfair advantage. I didn't watch any Animal Planet. What does a panther do with its prey? I don't know. Yeah, just, it, just kill it. Bats it around it. and then accidentally calls <laughs> timeout. So. It <laughs> lives in solitude and then releases 15-minute vlogs and tells you about how its meal. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a fish. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Not that's right. No, that's right. No Chick- iron. No, Chick- no, I- iron. no Chick- iron. No diet talk, please. No. Yeah. Um, but do we know what he's eating? I don't. Is Are you eating, Cam? It sounds like his mother. Cam, are you eating? Are you eating, Cameron? Well, I, we don't know. We don't know. Um, <clears throat> we do not know. Um, so we're going to play a game called Jaguar or Panther. It's not choosing which is better. It's choosing I'm going to name Damn. a player... And you are going to tell me whether they were on the Carolina Panthers 1995 roster 
or whether they were on the Jacksonville Jaguars 1995 roster. Are you ready? We won't go in order. I'll just throw them out there, and then you guys can just jump in if you think you know. Oh, sorry, Siri. Siri just looked up the 1995 Sacramento Kings roster. What was I saying? Mitch Richmond. Yeah, there you go. It was actually not a bad roster, was it? Yeah. Should we look that? Should we just maybe we should play that? that. Was, hang on, hang on. I was We're just play a little bit of a Jaguar, convinced. Panther, or King. Yeah. Oh, yes, I love it. All right, we're doing a doing a little bit of a mix up here. A mix them up. Um, Williams was not there yet. Which team was Bobby Hurley on? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was on the 1995 Kings, FYI. Um, the Never first name the is Willie Jackson, wide receiver. Willie Jackson, wide I'm receiver. I'm saying Jaguars. Now, which Willie Jackson is this? I feel like there's not, several. Well, there's, there's currently one now. Willie know. Jackson. He was a fourth fourth round pick out of the Dallas Cowboys and he was a rookie so I guess that probably gives away more than I wanted to but no they came in the same time yeah. I'll say Jaguar I'm saying Jacksonville he I'm saying Panthers boom he was a Jacksonville Jaguar Willie Jackson out of Florida came out of Florida I just want to do the opposite of you guys that's the only chance I have of winning <laughs> no it's good it's really good um another rookie number 78 a guard Emerson Martin Panther. I'm, I'll go Jaguar. Jaguar. It is a Carolina Panther. You're always good betting with Colin on the Panthers because he's pretty good. He's a history major in this kind he's of thing. He's a history major. Um, next up, we've got defensive end Gerald Williams. Gerald Williams. Don't let somebody else go some, first. Some let people, go first. Some people, call him, some people call him Big J. But you would be weird because his, his name, name starts, starts with, with a G. G. <laughs> I was like, wait, how do you spell Gerald? Um, you can spell Gerald with no, you can't. You no. cannot spell Gerald with a J. I don't think so. I apologize to all the Geralds out there if you're listening. Geraldinho, though, I feel like you could definitely spell it with a J. I'm going to say Panthers. <laughs> you guys should have seen Nikki. She was just staring <laughs> Colin as like making like a P sound like I'm, I read, like, I'm reading Colin on this one. I'm saying Panthers because I think he knew as soon as he said the name. It's, it's Panther. He is actually uh, and now we know more. '96. Uh, he was he was one of the great defensive ends from the '96 team. Played on two of the all time best defenses, on the Steelers defenses and the Panthers defense. Were those, were those Kevin Green Panther years? They were. I'm going to take you to all Panthers trivia nights. They don't. That they don't have them. They don't have them. I don't. There has to be one somewhere. Rory Meyer should be. have a Panthers trivia night. Somewhere. We do host some Panthers trivia nights. Those are at Tap Room Social in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we have our watch parties. I would encourage you to come because I apparently read the questions way too fast. Is what I heard. Jerks. Was that in a Yelp review? Uh, it was actually in a, re- a review from my beautiful wife. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprisingly, had a suggestion. <laughs> Uh, okay, next on the list is Michael Smith. Michael Smith, undrafted. Jag- Jaguars. 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 Sacramento Kings. <laughs> oh, baby. Everybody's a loser. It feels good to all lose together. Who was your? Uh, who were? Who were some fun names that you guys remember from this 1995 team? Colin, I know you have some some fun ones. When I was just kind of like looking through, Brett Maxey jumped out at me, and I was like, "Oh, Brett Maxey was a fun player." 
former Brett Maxey pilot. Really? Pilot. He's a pilot. Pilot. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. oh. I didn't know that. Oh. Commercial or private? Private, I believe. <laughs> oh. Uh, this was the year they also had Bill Goldberg. Um, oh, in camp. training camp, yeah. as well as Lavar Ball. Lavar Levar Ball. That's right. And then they How had another funny one on there too. The, who was the third guy that was silly? Um, uh, oh, it was, is Matt Willig, who became became the actor. I mean, he played for him a little bit. Oh, that, the that's, offensive lineman that became kind of a he's kind of a Frankenstein looking guy. Who did he be? Oh man, hope you're not listening. Matt Willig, Matt Willig. sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I think you're very handsome, Matt Willig. He I don't know what Colin is talking play about. Some roles in movies. I, don't know who I didn't Colin come up is. with this. I'm not the casting director. I just these are the roles he gets identified. For. Yikes. It was a compliment. Um, who's an actor? <laughs> the the correct answer was um, Doug Peterson, coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, oh. once played for the Carolina. Wasn't Panthers. it like some weirdly brief? I think he was just drafted was just in the like, expansion draft, and, and then, then they got and then they got Kerry rid of Collins. Him. Yeah, I don't right. think he ever yeah. really played for them. I think he played for them in the same way that like Damian Craig played for the Panthers. Like Damian Craig is a training camp legend, though. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Joe, Joe Webb, best. If you want to win preseason week four, get him in there. He's ready. Uh, we'll do one more, and um, the guy, the gentleman's name is Alan Haller. Fifth round pick out of Pittsburgh. Panther. Holler. <laughs> Ain't no stopping me. Copywritten so. <laughs> Holler. Jaguar. I'll say Jaguar. Carolina Panther. Oh. Drafting the fifth round of the expansion draft. Man, those expansion. Why don't they do expansion drafts? I guess because they don't have expansion There's teams. Gotta be but an expansion. expansion those are team. fun. I wish because then you have a lot of like. I can't believe they left Lorenzo yeah. Doss open, like yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> oh, what are they thinking? Cole Luke is going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is crazy to me just uh, now that we're however many thousands of hours we are into the show that people are thousands. whenever they cut anybody they're always like I can't believe they let this guy go and then they just don't get signed anywhere else and it's like well. Turns out they were, they they kind of knew what they were talking about. Yeah. When I was a young, when I was a young draft Nick, and you'd have all the sixth and seventh rounders, the undrafted guys, you're like, oh, this guy's gonna be somebody, and oh, then yeah. like a whole, like you have like twenty of them, and then like a whole slew of them, just oh, oh, they're they're all working for the Yellow Pages now. The Yellow yeah. Pages. Uh, that was Marvin McNutt. Sorry, Nick. Tell all the folks at home where they can find you on the internet at Nick Carboni WCNC. Uh, it's the only place. You can find me at and Dunkin' Donuts. Josh well, Klein yeah. rules. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we we both Nick and I were just like I don't have any more of this sentence. <laughs> Colin CLT on Twitter on my deck in real life. Mm. I love it. It's a beautiful deck. It is beautiful, beautiful it's a deck. Beautiful deck. <laughs> Are you ready? This has been one day contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Nick Carboni, your one day contract is up. Everyone else, we'll see you next week. Yo, guys, check it out. Guess what happened to me? Another crazy story? Come on, AC. I was hanging at the court, just playing some bar, working on my game. Yeah, we heard it all. I heard the fans screaming. I thought it was for me. But then I saw a shadow. It was 12 foot 3. On the latest episode of the Roaring Riot Podcast, we look at the ups and downs of the Panthers' win over the Houston Texans. There was a lot of good and a lot of bad, and we break it all down. Several callers join us to talk about the game, the Roaring Riot, and Cam's video from last week, and we look ahead to the Panthers' home game against the Jaguars, which is also the Hall of Fame induction game. There's much more, so please join us on the Roaring Riot Podcast 
part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina.